Welcome, welcome to episode number 48 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Araj Dolachahi, and these two fine young... I was about to say fine young cannibals, by the way. She drives me crazy. Nice. Huh. Fine young cannibals. The youngest one, right across from me, Mr. Carlos Buorgoyo. And we have the winner, chicken dinner, Yep, Mr. Les... Crunch Crunch is more. Gonzalez. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah, hot, but surviving the crazy heat. Yeah, we're, we're getting by. Yeah. yeah still still kind of euphoric, though. We had a pretty epic couple of days. So. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Up and down for me, at least. But epic, absolutely. We wanted to thank, first of all, Mr. Haas Burkhart and his great podcast, Him and Will. Will wasn't there, unfortunately. But we got to be on Blue Harvest. Yes, we did. And we had a blast. Yes, it was a lot of fun. Great yes. time talking Star Wars and... Actually, talk some tool. Yes. So it was a fantastic, great time. We actually talked ninjas too. <laughs> yeah, everything cool. we covered. We covered ninjas. a good. We literally covered a spectrum. everything. Spectrum. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so thank you, Haas. That was awesome. We had a great time. And also, we want to thank Mr. Dominic Jones, mm-hmm. who came on the Sith list last week to the Sith Lair and absolutely killed it. Great time. A lot of fun with Mr. Dom Jones. I'm going to call him Dom Jones from now on. That's not like Hopefully that. Hopefully he doesn't take his, his uh, underwear off, throw it at women like Tom oh, Jones. That's what not Tom Jones. You are uh, full of, full yeah, of uh, music. You're a music man. Yeah. Jimmy. The heat brings out the soulful Les Gonzalez. That means he's about to pass out. I'm yeah. really yeah, struggling. He's just going to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fever dreams. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there's a large thud, you guys hear a large thud, you know Les just died. Yeah. yeah. He just Please hit the deck. No. Yeah. That would suck. <laughs> and yeah. then we're looking for a third person. Yeah, that would be below average. Instant opening on the show. Right away. <laughs> Les is dead, yeah. <laughs> so let's, let me give the shenanigans real quick. We are on social media all over the place. We are on Facebook, at Symbol, The Sith List Podcast. We are on Instagram, The Sith List. We are on Twitter. You can find The Sith List and me on at The Sith List. You can find Mr. Boo 
At the Sis List Boo. And Mr. Singing McGee over here. <laughs> At Less Is More 78. And then you can find our stuff on T Public. And that is just search, go to tpublic.com, search the Sith List, and you'll find all our great products. Yep. Stickers, mugs, phone cases galore. Oh, yeah. All of it. And we have a hotline. That is 707-65-GEEK1. That's 707-654-3351. Mm-hmm. And that is your shenanigans. And thank you to Andrew Medina for the Facebook page. Yep. And for the Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. And also, I'll give a little shout out to the Rogue One Army chat room because they've been super cool. I've had some situations with my dog. Mm-hmm. I text Johnny Grosso from Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners, cha-ching, that even our dogs get ill at the same time. <laughs> so West Coast Johnny's actually is kind of weird. Things are happening. We had a crazy evening. Uh, Lorena, my wife, took the, our dog Coco to the vet last night. And she hasn't been feeling very well. She actually took her to the ER last night. We took her to the vet this morning. And I just put a little shout out to the Rogue One Army. And they just sent all these positive, amazing vibes, which is very cool. And she's doing, well, she's doing okay. And she's got medication. And it wasn't as huge of a problem as we thought it was going to be. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys know who you guys are. Love that group. And a big shout out to them. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. There wasn't any movies that came out this week, really. No, nothing too much. Except for some dude that's just Peter Parkering everybody in spring. There are his <laughs> shenanigans on everybody's Webs face. everywhere. Webs, Webs everywhere. everywhere. So we're definitely going to get into the Spider-Man, the homecoming, mm-hmm. as they call it. And we have our review. And now this is what we're going to do. So if you haven't seen it, because there are people out there that have not seen this film because something happened or you're just not smart. just kidding but we're gonna break the episode down so what i'm gonna do is we're gonna do a review that's non-spoilery yes okay then i'm gonna warn everybody and then we're gonna really try to spoil the shit out of it oh we're gonna spoil the fuck out of it yes we'll do that in a second all right let's get into some mojoboxoffice.com and obviously number one spidey we all knew it was gonna happen kills it 117 million dollars domestically and uh, we got about $250 million worldwide. Yep. Holy hell. Yep. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of web shooting around. That's a lot of web shooting around. Number two was Despicable Me 3. Mm-hmm. And that made about $34 million. $34 million. So that thing is just killing it. Still killing My it. God. People love their minions. And number three was Baby Driver. Yep. 17. 12.7. 12.7. Yeah. Okay. And I know Transformers... Actually, Wonder Woman was number four again. Really? And Transformers was five. Oh, man. So Wonder Woman's still... Kicking it. Kicking ass. Wow. So obviously, it kicked ass. Spider-Man ruled the day. Mm -hmm. I wonder next week if Spider-Man's going to... uh, Obviously, he's going to sustain because of word of mouth and everything, but Rise of the Planet of the Apes is coming out. Yeah. No, uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Sorry. War for the Planet of the Apes is coming out. So I wonder how that's going to do with Spider-Man being... In on the second week. It'll be pretty close. I think it'll be pretty close, but I have a, I have a feeling that Spider-Man's still going to uh, win the uh, the weekend, but I think it'll be close. Oh, you think Spider-Man's going to take week I two? St- I still think so, Ooh, yeah. Okay, cool. I hope so. Yeah. But I can't wait for this uh, War of the Planet of the yep. It looks fantastic. So as predicted, fucking killed it. Made a buttload of money. Of course it did. Yeah. It, Spider-Man. It, nothing should have even... Yeah, you're stupid if you thought you could go up against a god. Mm. Ooh. That is true. That is true. Spoiler yeah. warning, Spider-Man is a god. Yeah. In the next movie. Well, you just, yeah. yeah. Uh, like Nick Fury said, Ant Boot. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kidding. He's not a god. <laughs> Let's get into some random schmeals before we get into the review. Oh, what a tease. Yeah. We got some random schmeals. 
Here's something to wet your whistle for you sons of anarchy fans. <laughs> I haven't used wet your whistle, dude. I, I don't know if that would go with the Reaper crew in the first place. You might want to say something a little... The Reaper Crew. There it is. So all you yeah. Reaper Crew fans, That's this right. is something that you can stick your toe in the puddle of nothing. Mm. I got nothing tonight. No. I got yeah. nothing. How about you say, for those of you hoping to get patched in. Oh. All right, let's try this again. For those hoping to get patched in to the new Mayans MC, mm-hmm. which is a Son of Anarchy spinoff, okay, you're going to have to be delayed a little bit. Because Variety has confirmed that there will be some reshoots and also some recasting to certain key parts and roles. In addition, Norberto Barra has been brought as an executive producer and director. So Kurt Sutter, the creator of both Mayans MC and Sons of Anarchy, was initially planning to direct but will turn his attention more to writing with Barra handling the reshoots. Sounds like a Star Wars film. Yeah, really. Sounds like almost every film. Yes. Yeah. Jeez. It is not known at this time which roles will be recasted. J.D. Pardo has been cast as the lead with Edward James Olmos, Richard Cabral, John Ortiz, Antonio Harmalillo, and Clayton Cardanas. I butchered all those Spanish names, by the way. Mm-hmm. Also starring, starring in the pilot. The pilot will follow Easy Reyes, a prospect potential for the Mayan Charter. On the California-Mexico border, Easy will struggle with his desire of vengeance against the local cartel and his need for the women in his life to respect him. Hmm. Yes. So, it's going to be a little bit delayed. A little bit delayed. That, a little that's... bit delayed. You never watched Sons. No, I have not. I watched all of Sons. I was a big Sons fan. We we were on we it. We both watched it Yeah, we it were on like it crazy. from the moment that the first promo came up. We're like, all right, we were watching this show for sure. Yeah, and you know what? We were like watching it when people weren't really into it, and we were trying to promote it. That's we didn't right. have a podcast back then. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, it became this huge. massive, huge thing. And it was really well done. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not into motorcycle charters, or I really liked it. It, it was, was like great. A, no, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was one of those first shows that I watched. I was watching it during. I think Game of Thrones was on at the same time, obviously. Uh, early on, right? No, it, it was Game of Thrones. I think. I don't know. We can check that later. I, I remember think it being, came a little bit after I, that. I thought I remember being pissed off at both shows at the same time. Ah, uh, that man might have been only because I recorded the last season. And I binge watched it on. No, PBR. but I think you have a point because I think Walking Dead also sprang up in that time. Yeah. Also, yes. So I remember yeah, you that show was one there. of the first shows to piss me off. With people dying or people doing things and stuff like that. Oh, that's and right. And calling you and saying, what the yeah, fuck Yeah, what just the hell happened? is going on here? I remember a specific character. Oh, that's right. You did I, call me. I yes, and we it, talked for yeah. a while. So, yeah, we So if you haven't watched Sons that. of Anarchy, definitely watch it. It's worth watching. It's really good. And I think it really put FX on the map, didn't it? That and Archer. Archer, yes. Archer's Archer was the animated thing, but Sons of Anarchy was like their boot through the door. So, boo, you need to start watching that. But watch it after you watch everything else. Yeah. You still have to watch Lost. I still have to watch a lot of and shit. And you have yeah. to watch. You finished Breaking Bad. Yes. You finished. You're up to date with Game of Thrones. Yes. You haven't seen the Goonies yet. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, you still got homework over there, man. You're not skating out of class so I fast, do. though, buddy. By the way, one of our listeners, Brittany, who is listening to us from the very first episode, oh, she's on like no. episode 10. She was very upset that you hadn't watched The Goonies yet. Oh. I said, The Goonies, when did we talk about that? That was a long time That was episode time two, ago. I think, of our oh, show. Man, almost so a thank year you, ago. Yeah. Thank you, Brittany, for chiming in and yes, listening. thank you for listening. And we yeah. apologize for the quality of our podcast until <laughs> episode 15. So when 16. you finally do get to this episode, 
You'll know that we said thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get a thank you a year from now. A couple of years from but now. That's fine. <laughs> uh, there's something I wanted to talk about. Our boy Ollie tweeted something about Amelia. Amelia Earhart. I'm a, yes. I can't fucking butcher her name. There is a really cool History Channel show coming out tomorrow, which is Sunday. Mm-hmm. So it will be out by the time you hear this. And it talks about the fate of aviator Amelia Earhart and her navigator Fred Noonan, who has remained an enigma for 80 years. But a recently discovered photograph may ha- attempt to solve the mystery. There's a photograph out there, and it's, I'm sure you've seen it. It's all over the internet. Mm-hmm. And it pretty much shows Amelia Earhart and a plane in the back of this tugboat. Pretty much presumes that Amelia Earhart was captured by the Japanese mm-hmm. and pretty much died on an island in Japan. Yep. This series is supposed to be amazing. So it's on July 9th, the History Channel. I'm sure they'll air it a thousand times because it's getting a lot of play everywhere right now. CNN, ABC, I mean, mm-hmm. everywhere. Definitely check it out and watch it and let us know what you think. Any, are you going to check this out, Les? Yeah, obviously, I'll probably get a couple bits and pieces here or there. Uh, my question, well, actually, I'm going to have to watch it if I have any questions. Duh. Was she a POW or she just picked up and held on to? I think they held her on as a POW, I would imagine. Hostage mm-hmm. kind of thing? Not, yeah. They didn't treat her like crap, let's hope. I don't know. That's why we, hopefully we can we watch this know, and yeah. check this out. I hope they didn't, but. This this is a huge mystery that's been around for eight years mm-hmm. and is one of our greatest female icons in yes. our country. So this would be actually have some closure. And that, my friend, is what they call closure. Um, that, that would help. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Major closure for sure. Yeah. So that's that. So thank you, Ollie, for bringing that to our attention. We appreciate it. We're going to hear from Ollie a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Our boy, Ollie. <laughs> Now, Stan Lee, uh, two things. Stan Lee, our thoughts and prayers go out to Stan Lee. His wife passed away. Yes, she did. And yes. that's very unfortunate. Age at 93 or 92, I believe. So she lived a long life, but it's always an awful thing to lose someone. So, Mr. Stan Lee, our thoughts and prayers go out to the legend that mm-hmm. is Mr. Stan Lee. But he also has other things in the news. He's putting out content. He's still, at his age, putting out cool shit. Hmm. So Variety, again, reports that it's got an anime show called The Reflection. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it got announced in 2015, and he's, and we they finally got a premiere date. So again, Variety reports the anime's first episode will be released in Japan on July 22nd via Japanese public broadcaster NHK. But fans outside Japan shouldn't despair because the show will stream worldwide in a place where Les absolutely loves via Crunchyroll. Yeah. <laughs> Crunchyroll. The Reflection is a series consisting of 12 30-minute episodes. That's awesome. With production company studio Dean describes the project as, after the Reflection, some of the people in all parts of the world are discovered with superpowers. Some become heroes and others villains. How did Reflection happen? What was the cause of it? With many unsolved mysteries, the world is led into turmoil. Hmm. There you go. In particular, as noted by the comic book, the show follows the fight between superhero Exxon and villain Guy, who are among those found to have gained special powers following a global disaster called The Reflection. So this is pretty cool. Stan Lee's still doing his thing. Yeah. Still trying to be relevant, even though he doesn't need to be. He can just relax. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He sure can. Very cool, Stan Lee. Very, very cool. You guys ready for... Spidey. Whatever life holds in store for me, I will never forget these words. With great power comes great responsibility. This is my gift, my curse. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man. Yes. Okay, so here we go. We're going to review the Spider-Man film, and we're not going to spoil it at first. And then after that, I'm going to do, like I said before, I'm going to give you a little warning. 
so you can not listen. We're going to also listen to a little voicemail from King Tom about what he thought mm-hmm. instantly. And then also... Minutes after the movie. Yeah. yeah. And then also we have another voicemail from... Manon. Manon. So thank you, yes. Manon. And thank you, King Tom, calling in for this thing. Um, and I love how you called instantly after. Let's talk about it. So I'm going to throw it to you two first. And Boo, without spoiling it, what did you think of this? Buddy Boo, who, by the way, is not into Spider-Man and doesn't really like Spider-Man no. as a character. Just doesn't get it. Doesn't no. get the appeal. Nope. So, Boo, what did you think without spoiling it? This movie sucks. Say what? Just, I will kill just, you dead. <laughs> just, just kidding. Yes. No, no, no. That is a that is a total lie. I'm just fuck with you guys now. No, this is this movie is very good. You know, like everybody thought when it was going coming into the MCU, everybody was really hopeful. This is how Spider-Man was meant to be. The the other ones with uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, they were okay. They were good. This blows those out of the water. This is how Spider-Man should have been from the start. The way they they capture his character and what he goes through throughout high school, very well done. Tom Holland does a fantastic job. Pretty, uh, you know, although it's not the most strenuous acting job, he actually does a very good job in some scenes that uh, that really showcase what he can do, which I thought was really cool. The Vulture. I, which I was nervous about because you know you see him in the in the, in the comics and stuff like that. He looks weird. He looks odd. Oh, looks like a B list uh, villain. In this, they make him look really fucking awesome. So I thought, I, and, and they explain how he's able to do things really well. The and it, and it intertwines and weaves everything really well. So yeah. So overall, it was, it was very good. Very good. One one of the better movies of the year as far as like Marvel and and DC and Qu- all that is question concerned. Question for you: Do you put this in your Top five Marvel films. No, but it's in the top ten. Isn't there only been ten? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I was like, I think there's been more than that. <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, I remember, I was like, I remember we made so a list. Which there's movies, like twenty of them. Which okay, which standalone movies? Oh, do you uh, like? Marvel? Is it in your top five standalone Marvel films? Okay, so, so take all the Avengers out. Yes, yes. do not put Civil War no, in there. Civil War's not in there. So there's the Ed Norton Hulk. There's the Winter Soldier. Hmm. Probably be as yeah. far as like standalones, it'd probably be in the top five. Then yes, bless your heart. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you for that. Mm-hmm. That's because you have to knock the Dark World off. Oh yeah, that's Completely. gone. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. gone. Okay. Yeah, Ugh, that, that doesn't exist. World. Okay, go ahead. My turn. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Very much so. The the crowd was into it. I love the the interaction. I love the Easter eggs that were dropped throughout the movie. For me, I noticed something about all of the different versions of Spider-Man. So Sam Raimi's Spider-Man paid tribute to the original first 15 issues. Let's just throw that out there. The original one with Tobey Maguire will always have its place for me. Or the first one. I won't say... I mean, yeah, the original one. First two. Yes. So the first two, especially Spider-Man 2, was just freaking badass. Then the Garfield ones came. They were more modern. They tried to do the whole, let's switch some things up here. We we noticed that Marvel did some things in the pages. We switched that up. Then this one pretty much went right for the ultimate Spider-Man. Like, the Andrew Garfield one kind of took from that. But this one went right for it. Started taking all kinds of different elements out of the ultimate Spider-Man line and going for it. Like I said, just a lot of fun. Very exciting. Um, I'm really, really liking that that Marvel was able to get their hands back on their flagship character. Because whether people know it or not, Spider-Man is the leader. He is the number one hero for Marvel uh, Marvel Comics. All the other ones are popular, but 
anytime you see anything Marvel as in the comic store, standing first and foremost right there at the front of the pack is Spider-Man. That's exactly right. He did come home, and it was great. Question for you, Les. The, in the comic book world, Spider-Man is obviously number one. In the cinema, in the movie now, it's become Iron Man pretty much, right? Yes. Okay. He's, he's but, but Mar- the... I get it. But maybe tides are turning. Yes. And, and whenever you did buy comics back in the day, in the top corner they always had, or in the bottom corner they always had oh, a thing. yes. And it was Spider-Man. It was Spider-Man. It was even, Spider-Man's logo. Even the G.I. Joe comics yes. had so fucking Spider-Man on the Spider-Man bottom. is the, their stamp. He is the Very trade. True. Yeah, he's the face of Marvel You're Comics. correct about that. So, yeah, the... Iron Man in the MCU, for sure. The yeah, Marvel MCU, Cinematic, yeah. it is Iron Man. He's all over the place. His fingers are everywhere. His, I mean, his fingers are in all the pies. Yes. So I like that they brought him home. And yeah, maybe that'll be the case. Yes. Yeah. Spider-Man will just... start to become the leader of the pack. Okay. Well, I'll give you my rundown. I literally will put it in my top three or two Marvel films. And I love in total, in total, in total. Even even with the team ups and all that. Oh, I, yeah. I agree with. Uh, all that. Yeah, Rod okay. let, let me, has a point. Let me for me in my age. If you listen to the podcast before, I even said this. I think on Rogue One, I was waiting for this John Hughes type of film. They mm-hmm. kept saying it. They kept talking about it, and you didn't see that in the trailer. And mm-hmm. and you, all of you guys, plus Haas, Johnny, and Mike said because they're trying to sell the movie. Blah blah blah. And I said, okay, cool. I'm gonna give it a sh- give it a shot. I would love to see this John Hughes thing. Not only was it a John Hughes type of film, it tributed mm-hmm. his films, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable. And I know Les has found an article about how that even came about. Yeah. So on IMDb, you go, you go ahead and look and go on the trivia. And there was a point that said the cast had to watch a John Hughes movie marathon to prepare. They all had to get together. So Spider- Spider-Man Homecoming, and I'm quoting now, is first and foremost a coming-of-age tale. Watts turned to the master of the director is Watts. So Watts turned to the master of such stories, John Hughes. Now, this is quoted from Tom Holland. He gave us a lot of movies to watch. Uh, he said during uh, an interview with Pop Sugar UK, God, there's so many movies. And we basically just all sat down in my house in Atlanta, all the cast, and we just watched them all in one day and just had like a Domino's Day. It was amazing. Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Pretty in Pink. There were loads of them. That's so fucking cool. That's awesome. Did you just overdose on John Hughes mm-hmm. films? Uh, and it definitely paid off. I loved it. I loved the, I loved the jokes. It was funny throughout. His sidekick was funny. Yeah. I loved the Star Wars references all over the place. Tons, yeah. And the pictures and everything. I mean, the pictures, the, uh, things in the background, mm-hmm. the Star Wars stuff. Holland is an amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. and exactly what you want out of a Spider-Man. You felt his pain. You laughed with him. You felt his embarrassment. Mm-hmm. And Michael Keaton killed it. Yep. I was just like you, Boo. I was really worried about the Vulture because I didn't think that suit would come off on screen. Yeah. Very yeah, well. I, I wasn't sure. I was like, no. I was like, please no feathers. And I love, we'll get into it during the spoilers, but I love what they did with him mm-hmm. and what they did with his character and his gear and everything mm-hmm. it was fucking amazing. I really, really liked it. I like Zendaya. Is that her name? Zendaya? Zendaya. 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 She was fantastic and she, well, we won't spoil it. I, everybody was great. Mm-hmm. Even the, there's a douchebag in the movie. And he does a good job. I fucking hated him from the beginning. That's that's the job number one for yeah. him. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Cannot wait to see him in the next Avengers. Cannot wait to see a part two of this film. I think this was a home run grand slam for Marvel slash Sony. Mm-hmm. So that is our review of Spider-Man. We're going to get into spoilers now and really review it. 
if you do not want to get web all over your face, please make sure you forward this about a good 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. All right. On five, four, three, two, one. Michael Keaton, Spider-Man. Yes. Okay. So let's now get into things you really liked about it, detailed stuff that you liked about it. Same thing with you, Les, especially you're a comic book guru. Mm-hmm. I want to know if you found some stuff that you thought it was off or you thought that it worked well or, you know, little hidden things and Easter eggs and stuff like that. Do you want to go, Les, and, and talk about certain things you really like storyline-wise? Remember, people were spoiling it. I liked how they modernized the Vulture. They used uh, – and I like how they tied all of the events that have happened up to a certain point mm-hmm. to the movie. So they tied it all together. They tied the incident. And, and when we're watching the Netflix shows and like Daredevil and uh, Luke Cage, they, you know, they reference, they refer to these things. So in Daredevil, there's a quote from the Russians like, Hey, did the guy have a hammer or a shield? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. This is a pro, the, the events are prominent. They're there. The heroes are all there now. What I'm starting to like, especially in this one, uh, Alex Ross had a series for Marvel called Marvels, and it was for the point of view of the background of the people watching things go down. And actually, one of the first issues, if I'm not mistaken, is of Green Gob of a photographer's uh, lens showing the Green Goblin holding Gwen Stacy and Spider Man standing staring him down. We saw some of that in the movie. We saw the the camera coverage and the media coverage of Spider-Man doing his thing and saving his friends in the elevator. We saw uh, even now they incorporated the cell phone thing. So now there's all these, you know, his little Snapchats and his little YouTube videos and stuff like that. So I like that they modernized things. And then I like that they utilized the fallout from the Avengers to create for Adrian Toomes and his group to go ahead and become gangsters and in arms dealers and create all these things. It was amazing. As, I mean, I want to go see it again, obviously. Yeah, we did see it in 3D. We yes. saw it in RPX, which mm-hmm. is uh, Edward Cinema's version of their IMAX, IMAX. which was amazing. It, was mm-hmm. like, it was, sounded great. It looked great. screen was ridiculous. It was like five stories tall. And so That was cool. Yeah, and I do want to see it in 3D. Though. Yes. And then the other thing I did like is that they didn't drop the whole Stan Lee line of with great power comes great responsibility. They just let him learn the lessons. He went through and he's like, I can do this. I can do so much more. I can be this. I can be that. The aftermath was just happening in front of him. And it's like, you didn't think of this. You didn't mm-hmm. think of that. You didn't, you know, you, you got to be prepared for all of this. This is on you if you make this mistake. It was more of a presence than just a quote. The whole lesson of being Spider-Man and being a hero in general was more of a presence in the film and then being just a quote or words to live by. Yeah. But what do you think about the Michael Keaton's character and how he pulled it off? Was it typical Keaton, which is a great thing? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, what is it? He did a great job because, like we said, spoiler, the way it starts out, he has a, a cleanup business and he gets fucked. He gets pushed out and he's going to go broke. So with the thing I love about him is that he made it real where he's desperate and he says, all right, I've been screwed over. Which for a lot of a lot of criminals, they're good people. Then they get turned bad because they have they have to support their families, and they this is the the only way they think they can. Which he did a fantastic job because he, he made it real and he made it relatable. Right. What you know, he he was a criminal. He was doing bad things, but it was for a good purpose. And did you feel like I did that? I kind of liked him. The world's changing, boys. It's time we change too. 
The Vulture is played by Michael Keaton, and the Vulture is planning on stealing the uh, weapons that have been left behind from any Avengers disasters. We're gonna take everything they got. I found it a really interesting approach to what you all want to call a villain. You don't understand how the world works. The rich and the powerful, like Stark, they don't care about us. The Vulture he does corrupt things in order to fight what he sees as corruption that he thinks to himself, and they all have theirs. Where's mine? Yeah, no, I, mean, I like I, I, I didn't want him to go down. No, so. absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, no, although he was selling, you know, uh, massive weaponry, massive weaponry and stuff like that to really bad people, he was, he was still trying to do something good. You know, uh, he he kept his family out of it, didn't involve them, you know that kind of thing. Like his his wife and his daughter had no idea what was going on. Yeah. So that was that was cool. And yeah, no, he did a fantastic. And that job. that line that he said about you know what's the difference between me and guys like Tony Stark? Yeah. That yes. he, he he built he, that tower yeah, with, with selling weapons, weapons mm-hmm. to villains. Yeah. Yes. And I'm doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved yeah. it because it, it literally that's exactly yeah, yeah, how it happened. Yeah, he, he was yeah he was right. And then that's uh, actually a thing about a lot of Spider Man's villains. They get done wrong, mm. and it's about vengeance for them. Mm-hmm. So Electro, like gets, Tom, yeah, he gets, he gets screwed, and he gets like I think he gets fired. He ends up getting electrocuted and all that. Mm-hmm. And he gets fired for it. Sandman is a, an ex-con, and yeah, he's like, running, I yeah. have to do things to. Mm-hmm. He, he's at you know he had he's at wit's end. He doesn't know what to do to stay straight, and he ends yeah. up becoming you know he ends up going under yeah, they experiments. All have a backstory storyline. The but, yes, bad about the, Especially the Sinister Six. Something has happened to them except for Green Goblin. Yeah, well, He's and, just nuts. And Doc Ock. You know, and, well, Doc Ock had an is, accident yeah. and then it just fried him. And, 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 and Doc him Ock was trying to do him. good. And in yeah. his thing, yeah. he was intentionally trying to do good. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. was, you know, doing things. But for the most part, yeah, they're just... And that's the thing about Spider-Man. I've said this before. He's relatable in a sense. He, he This is high school Spider-Man. So if you look, he's like... He's a very smart kid, but he's still he's teetering on the line being Spider-Man and being expelled from school. Yeah. You know, he's letting people down. Mm-hmm. He he's still got like real problems to face. Mm-hmm. And that is a, the feel about Spider-Man is all his people, his villains, everything. They're just real people. And yeah. they just got shit to do. So mm-hmm. adult Spider-Man. And I've told a Raj about this before. You know, he'll be fighting Goblin to the death. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, shit, I didn't pay my rent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I gotta get, uh, I gotta finish this now because I'm gonna get evicted when yeah. I get back. And, so, and, and yeah. they kind of tied that at the end, obviously, when he doesn't decide that he wants to do, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be an Avenger mm-hmm. at, at this moment. Yeah, at this well, moment. He, he is, but it, that's not gonna be his full time job. That's right. Which is something that I liked because with him being a teenager and him wanting to stay in New York and or. In the in in actual New York City, and not go upstate where the Avengers facility is, yeah. is that it made it seem just like with Daredevil, he's a hero on the ground. Well, yeah. he is he's a street your, level hero. That's, yes, they're and called see, street level. Yeah, and, and remember Tony Stark said the, the famous line: "You, you, you want to be a neighborhood, you know, Spider Man." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which what I liked is friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Exactly. It made it. He made it seem like he was an actual superhero, but on the street. Which yes. was nice because, you know, Tony Stark deals with bigger shit. Captain America deals with bigger shit. Thor is, you know, traveling to different planets dealing with huge kind of shit. Yeah. With Spider-Man, it made it seem I'm a superhero 
for the street. He's pretty much a defender. Yeah, but I, I like that because Spider-Man is able to do a ton of things, but he chooses to save his city, everything in his city. You know, he's yes. still, you know, Iron yes. Man's Iron Man's not going to stop somebody from stealing a bike or some lady's purse getting snatched. Yeah, no, Spider-Man no, no, no. is. Yes. Even though even they're though above his, the pay grade, exactly. There. Even yeah. though Spider-Man could do those things, he's like, no, no, no. This is what I need yeah. to do. Which is, is very cool because yeah. he's a kid still. He's a kid. Yeah. He's a kid. Yeah. And, and as far as Page's things go, he only gets lumped into big conflicts like Avengers versus X-Men because there's something that they need. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, or he's the one who'll discover something and go, I need to go tell someone. Yeah. And he goes and says, Hey, uh, Tony Stark, dude, Phoenix force is on its way. What are we going to do here? (laughs) And and they played that up. He tried. Yes. And he tried tried and they didn't take him seriously. And happy was being a douche. Mm -hmm. And by the way, happy John Favreau nailed it. Big brother relationship is between happy Hogan and Peter. Happy's kind of your point guy on this. Don't stress him out. Young Peter Parker on behalf of Tony Stark being vetted for uh, membership in the Avengers. One of the great tropes of coming of age stories is the older sibling. Who's always there giving you a hard time. Happy Hogan plays that role. What's that? What are you wearing? It's my suit. I really like coming back in this capacity of a guy who's sort of the next generation looking after the new guy. I was really hoping that he would get a lot of screen time or a lot of good good moments. He got a ton, he got which a I ton. was really happy about. Because yeah, that character is awesome. And, and you know what? I'm going to bring this up. I think we're thinking the same thing. Just the right amount of Iron Man. Yes, that's what I was going to oh, say. Just the yeah. right amount Perfect. of Iron Man. I love Stark, how they try Iron to sell Man. the shit out of Iron Man in every preview. Uh, yeah. And every fucking preview. <laughs> and in the film, not as much as you thought. Yeah. Which was great. I yeah, thought that was it was perfect. A, it was yeah. perfect. Yes, perfect, perfect. Actually, the whole cast was great. Uh, Ned was amazing. The, mm-hmm. the, the guy in the chair. Marissa Tomei. The, Marissa no, Tomei was, was great. Fantastic. Zendaya was great. Yeah, was, and then a uh, local oh, kid, Raj, Tony Revolori is from Anaheim. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he's he's. I think he's from like one of the neighborhoods oh, we my. coached. Oh, I gotta look that up. Yeah, That'd I think he's amazing. from like Guanita. That not not see. that many people here know what that is. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I think he is. Okay, I think well, his gonna, family was. Well, we'll look or, into that. Yeah, and he plays <laughs> uh, he plays Flash, which is a. I mean, it's it's from the Ultimate line. It's a totally different version of Flash Thompson. One of the main differences in the previous movies is that we don't really have a bully. His main rival is Flash. <laughs> they have this really funny back and forth. You can't just quit on us, stroll up, and be welcome back by everyone. Hey, welcome back, Peter. Flash, you're back to first alternate. What? But he is so much like himself in the movie. It's crazy. Tony's so funny. I feel like I've, I'm actually becoming more and more like my character. I'm always like the guy that you're like, oh, Flash, right? Yeah, kind of. And in real life now, it's like, oh, Tony, right? I grew up a comic book nerd. It's kind of like a dream come true to be a part of Spider-Man. Normally, Flash Thompson is a big, burly football, a big, jock. burly jock. Yeah. He's like the guy from uh, 13 Reasons. Bryce, Bryce or whatever. Yeah, yeah that yeah. guy. He's like that. He's just a jerkwad. The typical jerkwad in every typical 80s film. Except bag. for this guy wasn't the big hunky but dude. But he was still a jerkwad. He was He was the rich, smart yes, dude. Yes, he's yeah. the rich, smug guy. Yeah. Which, yeah, he's always... And he was great at it. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm better than you because I just have money. Yeah. And that's why. So if I can't beat you, I'll just go buy my way out of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it was the right amount of humor. Yep. Just amazing touch of humor. And let's talk about those tributes to the 80s films. We had a risky business sliding scene. Yes, there's yes. a really quick. There's a Ferris Bueller running through the backyard scene that he does and then you see it on a TV yeah. in somebody's yeah. backyard. And, yeah. and Very the, well the new done. teaser that they're playing everywhere now has the background music to that scene.
yeah. I haven't seen that. That's yeah. awesome. Not, no, not, not oh yeah, but the... Yeah, yeah, where he's running. Oh, that's running right. Right. Yeah. And that has the slow-mo yeah. at the end. Exactly. Yes. That was great. The homecoming itself, the music they picked. Now, listen, when you do an 80s film, you can go so cliche and play yeah. like... Very cliche. Uh, any pretty... Well, those weren't cliche at the time. So you can pick any... 80s song and make it work, but they didn't just do any. No, they 80s went song. deep. They went. They 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 used a a. They had a flock of seagulls. Flock song. of seagulls songs. Teenage space love song or something, yes. which is not one of their most popular song. Iran is one of the uh, most popular. Yeah, songs. Iran. Yeah. So they could easily use that, and everybody would have known it. But they didn't. They no. use an a alternative to that mm-hmm. and it worked perfectly and it was great and I listened I was like oh my god they picked the fucking that's what John Hughes would have done mm-hmm. he right. wouldn't have picked the most popular yeah. he would have picked the, the obscure right psychedelic first mm-hmm. song or a Smith song well, so yeah. that was very and at cool. the time though I mean at the time those songs were they've just become synonymous with John Hughes film well now they've become popular because yes. but the, he could have picked the New Order song that everybody knew John Hughes back right. in the day but that's he didn't true. he picked a, a, an obscure one and made it popular mm-hmm. so yeah. I love how they did that they could have played any music that would have would have worked but mm-hmm. they didn't and they, that was purposely done for sure yes yeah no and I, I think I leaned over to you I almost had a crunch crunch moment but I said this is for us like oh, this yeah. movie is being made for the Ollies and the Richies and the older ones who were kids. Not only that, but it is also made for teenagers. Yes. It's also made for millennials. Yes. I mean, it hits every it did. scope. Yeah. So it did, that's yeah. why I think that they hit a home run with this thing. Grand fucking slam. And then and then speaking with the teenager thing, it captures high school to a T. I was I was really, really skeptical on how they would how they would uh portray high school in the modern day they right. did a very good job just i amazing. was i was really surprised i was like that's so, uh, somebody did their homework that was very good yeah, yeah it yeah. had the right awkward moments yes. it had the right bullying parts yeah. it had yeah it had everything that you would possibly see or have happening all the little circles of drama going through mm-hmm. or all those little circles of just Again, back Things. to John Hughes. That's exactly. What John yes. Hughes, the Craig, bread yeah. and butter was. Exactly. Even the detention Craig scene was it. funny. The, the detention, detention scene was very Breakfast Club. <laughs> was extremely Breakfast Club. Yeah, just. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was great. What do you think about, Boo, what do you think about, I'm going to the vulture every time I ask you things, about him not dying? I thought it was good. I think I think it's a step towards doing something bigger. Sinister maybe, Six. Maybe another Sinister Six uh, setup. Because I was, I was listening to a, uh, a video today youtube give credit uh, comics explained he okay. broke down he broke down the actual contract and everything with marvel so after infinity war tom holland spider-man goes back to sony so what i think is that they're going to do is is create a good setup for that and then oh. once it gets back to sony they'll have a solid framework so they can't fuck it up so does this mean that after infinity war he can go back and and face venom Yes. Po- Holy yes, possibly. Shit. Yes. So, so, so that's what I think they're going to do. And is, Carnage. Is, yes. I, I think, I think they're, they're going to use, D- uh, Disney Marvel to set up something, build, build up a good rapport with fans and then give it back to Sony and be like, look, it's still the same thing. Well, We've after done- Infinity War 1 and Infinity War 2, like, well, the, well, I, he's going to be in both. He's going to be in oh, both. Okay, okay. He's going to be in both. Aren't they going to squeeze in a Spider-Man yes. movie there's, there's between be a, that? Yeah, there's yes. going to be a Spider-Man so Marvel's gonna, Disney Marvel's going to get another. One more, one more version. Yes. Stroke. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. So, so, so he's going to be in a total of four movies. He's oh. going to be two of them by himself. 
and then and then the two Infinity okay. War movies, gotcha. and then after that, he goes right back, back to, to Sony. Sony. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Now I'm really upset. See, well, yeah. not all. Not, well, you can be upset for one reason. Well, we can be upset that he has a chance now to be in a film with Venom and Carnage. Yeah. Yes. You know, and this is a way that. So this is one way they can bring the Sinister Six and not make a movie out of it, but have them as a mm-hmm. group of villains going against them in a film. Yes. Huh. Which, yeah, they can do that. Uh, Interesting. Vulture is somewhat a B slash A level uh, rogue for Spider-Man. Yeah. B yeah. plus B. B yeah. plus, yeah. He can – at one point, he dated Aunt May. In the, in the books, he? yeah, in the in the pages. They should have got Joe Pesci to be Vulture then. <laughs> one, no, because he's actually old. In in the books, he's like, in, there you go. Yeah, like a perfect. seventy year old yeah. man who is only of trouble when he has the suit on. Mm-hmm. So the suit does look weird in the pages. They did, like I said, uh, to bring it to life on the screen. They did modernize it and, and they, made they him made awesome. it look damn, yeah, one terrifying. Of the, one of the better villains that that Marvel has created. Is is the vulture? Yes. Yeah, I love I love what he did with he the thing. was fucking awesome. He was cool, man. Yeah, but picking up also, things with his talents. Yeah. yeah, but they also had the shocker. Yeah, who was another like B level yeah. junior villain. They had and two then, shockers. Then Scorpion <laughs> was actually there too. Yes. So the guy with the tattoo, the Scorpion tattoo, was is the Scorpion. Mm-hmm. So I did like that they uh, because that's what happens. Uh, a lot of times they end up going to jail. Mm-hmm. After Spider Man defeats them, and they all just sit there and talk. Yeah, so yeah, that's they, how we get the Sinister Six. They share info. They like, go, yeah, we so we're gonna yeah. do this, and yeah. you know what? Well, I hate that Spider too. The enemy, of my enemy, is yes. my friend. And then yeah. they go, well, we should do this. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not mistaken, Cletus Cassidy is at that prison too. So in the in one of the post credit scenes where the Scorpion walks up to Vulture mm-hmm. and they start talking. They're all there. Yeah. So Cletus Cassidy is like the insane block, though, because mm-hmm. he's a serial he's killer. He's fucking nutty, yeah. So he's already there, which means what happens for Carnage, if I'm not mistaken, there's a fight, a piece of the symbiote gets knocked off, mm-hmm. and it happens to fall like near the little bar window of Cletus Cassidy. Of course and it then, does. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get... Carnage. Yeah. So and the symbiote is yeah, like, oh, so this guy's fucking he's nuts. There, there. He's at the prison as just a psycho su- serial killer, mm-hmm. Cletus, mass murderer, Cletus Cassidy. All right. So it's all all the groundwork has been yes. laid. It's been laid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, Kent. It's been, yeah. It was great. It yes. was just fucking great. It was great. Was there something else I wanted to ask you about? Well, for me, not killing Michael Keaton is was genius because mm-hmm. we're going to see him again. Plus, it, well, not not that Spider Man would have killed him, but. He he doesn't want people to die. Of course, nobody wants people to die. But but you know he was trying to save him till the end. He was trying to save him to the end. So I I think that was that was really helpful to help Michael Keaton as far as being a bad guy, but for the right reasons yes. kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. And it then made even, you like him more again. Exactly. And then even at the end with the post credit scene, you know, uh, Scorpion walks up to him and asks him, you know, do you would you know who Spider Man is? Do you know where he is? And Michael Keaton's like, it was a half. Yes. It was a half. Thank you. And you're all mine. Yes. So it's a half. You saved my life. You saved my daughter's life. I'm not going to fuck you over, but I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. You're mine. I'm going to fuck you up. The the reason why I'm in this hellhole, my life sucks now is because of you, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a head start. What do you think about that fucking twist? I had zero, zero idea that he was going to be the father. It was cool. It It was was very, and and to hear the crowd behind us in front of us go, you hear, you hear a gasp. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. But but that also is a is an homage to the books. Obviously, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Where Peter 
uh, actually, you know what? Yeah, there's he shows up to Vulture, knocks on the door. He's in his normal stuff, and he goes, "I'm here to take out yeah, um, May, May, May yeah. Parker." Oh, okay. And twist Peter on that. And, and Peter Parker standing there in his clothes, and he's like, in his mind, he's going, "What the hell? There has to be a line between my Spider Man and, and my this. family." Yeah. And the final panel in the book is him just punching, just uppercutting the vault, uh, uppercutting Adrian Toomes across the street. Oh shit! And just screaming out, "There has to be a line!" And mm. just bam. So it happens where they're literally somewhere together, and they look at each other like. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, wait something clicks here. Yeah, yeah, something clicks. Like, okay, okay. Now I know who you are, mm-hmm. and and that's also one of the biggest things about Spider-Man is he's constantly trying to keep people from attacking the ones he loves, mm-hmm. and he's always interacting with someone. He's always either on a date with someone's and that shit sister. Happens. Or something, and they go, "Oh yeah, that's my brother over there. Norman oh Osborn's my dad." And, Fuck yeah. yeah! And you're like, "What? Yeah. Uh, what?" And he's like, "Yes." So it, yeah, that's they did everything right. Mm-hmm. They the, the, they really did. The story wasn't too like intricate, no. But that's what you're gonna get. This is exactly what we should have gotten. See, see, but that, but the the lack of intricacy. Some people were complaining about that. I liked it because it gave more time and more what is it emotion to Spider-Man and his issues throughout high school and what he does. You don't need a lot of intricacy through that because you you you're concentrating on him and what he's going through, not not completely on what's happening to him on the outside, what his villains are doing, what his foes. No, are doing. and that's exactly yeah. what the deal is. Yeah, the deal and, is. Is usually, it's not that him. It's a slugfest right away. Yes. Him and Goblin look at each other. They square off. They're gonna go at exactly. it exactly. But he left a physics class. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or he left the bo- stuff the boiling. On. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the things. You know, or he just told Aunt May, "Hey, I'm gonna go pick this up from the store, and he's gone. For I'll seven be back, hours. and he's gone for a week. Yeah, you know, where the <laughs> hell have you been? So it's yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff is." the bigger story as mm-hmm. far as spider-man goes and they nailed it they yep. nailed it perfectly they sure did they sure did so let's get into some voicemails instant reactions after the films let's listen to our man mr royalty himself king tom's voicemail first and then we're going to listen to manon's voicemail and these are instant reactions right after they watch spider-man so let's listen and cue up king tom's royal music Gentlemen, the king. Hey, Raj, Boo, Les, and Sith heads everywhere. This is King Tom. I just got out of Spider-Man, and holy fuck, I want to put on a red mask and swing from building to building. That movie was fucking fun. Um, It was a good, you know, we knew from Civil War Tom Holland would kill it. Uh, but the story was good. The supporting cast was good. The, they didn't have too much Chitoni. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a perfect movie. Um, don't give me the the one. My my big complaint is that I didn't like the the, the end scene being at night. But holy shit, they just and I don't want to praise it too much and knock 
the previous Spider-Man movies because some of them I really liked and all of them there are parts that I liked of. But I just thought this, you know, I, I think I mentioned when I was a guest host on the podcast um, a while back that they've had to make some necessary changes um, to some of these stories. And like, for instance, changing Aunt May, making her younger, not as frail. I like that. I like Marissa Tomei. I think she brings a lot. I think it's much better than, oh, poor little Aunt May, break her heart if she ever finds out Peter is Spider-Man. But that end scene, that's one of the best fucking end scenes I've ever, I've ever seen. Like, I wanted to give a, a standing ovation just for that unfinished question alone. Um... But that was great. Michael Keaton, holy shit, he was, I was, I almost pissed my pants in that car scene. Um, I'm in my car right now, and like, I'm glad I'm not in the back seat because I would think Michael Keaton's in the front seat. Um, I know we've had some menacing villains who've realized Spider-Man's identity before, but this, this just took the cake. Um, you know, he nailed it. You could see where he was coming from. Um, you know, wanting to protect his family, wanting to use his skills to make some money. Um, he was great. The supporting cast, Peter's friends. Um, it, it was just a fun movie. And I know, you know, I know I always talk about what's next. What's, what's going to happen next? What do they have planned next? But I'm not, honestly, I'm not thinking about that now. I'm just, I am completely satisfied with this movie. And one other thing, I gotta say, Chris Evans, holy shit, he had some of the funniest moments in this movie. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna see it again sometime, but I'm very happy with this movie. I'm very happy with where the Marvel Universe is at. I like how they're bringing in Spider-Man. Um, and this is a movie that I'm gonna be able to see again. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll be able to bring my kids to a theatrical screening just because the vulture gets a bit too scary. Um, but I'll definitely be able to watch this with them much more uh, quicker than I, I will be with Logan. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did, and I will uh, talk to you sometime in the future. Thanks for uh, listening, and keep up the great podcast. King Tom, thank you for yes. that great voicemail. Once again, you have delivered. And the feeling that you have in your voice, the sound in your voice, the excitement in your voice is exactly how we felt. We mm -hmm. stood outside the theater and jibber jabbered about everything, everything. in the movie, everything yeah. you just talked about and uh, agree a hundred percent. And, and you know what, King Tom, thank you for reminding me the scene at night. I thought it was a little hard to follow. The action sequences were tough. Yeah. I found myself squinting my eyes a couple times, but I was like, you know what? Who cares? For me, it was like, I didn't really care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I felt the same way for wonder woman. This was obviously the, the CGI was way better than the Wonder Woman, I felt. <laughs> if that's even a little gripe that yeah. we have. Yeah. But Michael Keaton, you're, you're right. That scene in the car was just crazy. And it was, it was real. Yeah, it was real. He like was he's legitimately pissed. saying, oh, I'm going to kill you. And you're like, yeah, you know what? He would. He would actually kill him. And, and what a great actor. With his facial expressions, you could see him figuring it out. Mm -hmm. By clue after clue like, and oh, bingo. Shit. Yeah. Well, well, the intensity started when Tom Holland, when Peter yeah, like, got goes, there and he's Hail. like, 
He's like, hmm, and he wasn't even like any of the pictures and like, yeah. let's take a picture, Peter. And let's that. He's just like looking. Yeah. His, his eyes are darting between like, the camera and him. He's, he's like, like, oh my god, like, no, holy the fuck shit, you are. Dude. Yeah. What am I supposed to do right now? Yeah, it's just yeah. And then it really, yeah, it it really got sweaty in the car. Exactly. Yeah. It just yeah, pulls out the gun and clicks it, and it cocks it, and you're just mm. like, oh shit, oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do the dad talk. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. But you know what? Those are really cool moments between, uh, adversaries in, yes. in anything when they, and this happens in comics a lot, mm-hmm. you know, where they just like, they're standing there, you know, at the urinal or something together, taking a piss and they're just like, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. And don't get in my way. And it's like, I have to stop you. This, you know, this is going to happen. It's coming. So yeah, those things are really, really cool. I like that kind of thing where it's just, it's, it's a calm, just Quick, conversation. A calm battle between mm-hmm. it's a little skirmish, but it's it's nothing epic, but it's just enough to know, okay, this just got fucking real. This is tense, yeah. You know. Yeah. That that absolutely. And like we said before, Keaton nailed it. Keaton nailed that role. And he was yeah, he had everybody in the theater. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Oh man. He got that <laughs> crazy Keaton look on his face. <laughs> That's uh two movies now. So Guardians the crowd and in, in the, the amount Guardians Volume Two, the fun factor mm-hmm. in the crowd and just us being in there and it was great mm-hmm. and then this one too was just wonder woman the, well as well yeah, yeah the reactions were just you know just po- yeah everything yeah. just then, felt really that's what you're supposed to have when you go to a movie and then it's the, supposed to be the amount of uh the amount of laughs where it was throughout the movie very good very good very good jokes solid jokes the I entire think movie entire yeah. movie I, I haven't laughed that hard or that much in a movie in a long time except for good. when you start hearing a damn baby crying you have no place to talk, dude. Oh. I know. That's that was our crunch crunch moment. Crunch crunch. Was a, no don't even. Don't even. I didn't do it this time. During people. Logan, it was your baby. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So let's listen to let's listen to Manon and see what he thinks All right. about the movie Instant Reaction. So this is Manon. Hey guys, Manon here, uh, first time caller. I just want to let you know, I just saw Spider-Man, and oh my gosh, that was amazing. I had a couple things that I, I wanted you guys to, to maybe talk about and see if you guys saw that. So, one of them is, I feel like the plot wasn't that deep. I feel it was pretty thin. I mean, it just felt like plot by plot of a normal kind of superhero movie. Just kind of, there was, it's pretty stereotypical. There was no big twists or anything that I felt like had been in the past couple, like Captain America, the past two Captain America movies, which... I thought they would rely heavily on, and, and like Iron Man 3. Also that, and I feel like because it was so meta with the MCU, which was great because it, it brings everything together, and that was really enjoyable, I just also feel it takes away from Peter Parker being the average high school student. But also there were a lot of better like high school gags and sight gags and jokes than in the most recent two Amazing Spider-Man movies. Another one, oh, I love Martin Spar, Martin Starr in the high school. Zendaya, Zendaya was amazing. Also, the the graphics. Well, actually, I didn't love them. I, I, what I found really annoying was that it didn't seem up to par with the other um, MCU movies. And when I saw at the end, it was done by Sony's graphic company. And so I don't know if I guess they're not as good as ILM or something. But I just felt like it was a little off. Maybe at the end that was influenced because I'm a huge Star Wars fan and ILM is a big deal. I guess. Another thing is. I was just disappointed there was no Uncle Ben or the influences that I felt have always influenced Spider-Man um, with his family just from the beginning. 
those decisions and, and his relationship with Aunt May and, and Uncle Ben were just just big influences into the way he made his decisions and lived his career. Um, those are just some thoughts. I don't know. This wasn't very cohesive. I thought it was going to be better. I uh, love you guys. Have a great one. Man and man and man, he broke my heart with that voicemail. Um, okay, well, you know what? Thank you for calling and letting us know. You do bring up some pretty good points. I was wondering where Ben yeah. was as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I said something to Boo about that. And he let me know that this everybody knows the origin of Spider-Man. There's been two separate iterations of it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. iterations of Spider-Man's beginning. Everybody knows who he is. If you don't know who Spider-Man is, shit, you live on a different planet. That's why they didn't want to do it because it's already been done twice. Everybody knows. They just wanted to give everybody Spider-Man. Look, here's Spider-Man. This is him after everything. Right. You, you, you don't need to, you don't need to see the spider bite. You know, he, he in, in the movie, he actually explains it to Ned. He's like, uh, yeah, I, I get bit by a spider. The spider's dead. He's like, let's move on because you know what? Yes. I'm Spider-Man. And I'm the guy on YouTube. Yes. yes, yes YouTube exactly. is, has been established. It has been established that he's been there for a while. Yes. He's been saving people. Yeah. Yeah. He, he already has a place to hide his suit inside the high school. All that shit. Yeah. So that's that's why no Uncle Ben. It would have been nice to say his name. And, and I thought they were going to do it when he's talking uh, to Ned about him being Spider-Man when he finds out. And he's like, does Aunt May know? He's like, no, she can't know. Everything yeah. that she's gone through and everything that she does. She can't know. I so, think we'll find out next. No, and I think, yeah, there's room for that. Oh, uh, yeah. Also, yeah. him hiding his web shooters and web fluid and that suit that he ends up getting, having to wear the dust off. That's mm-hmm. the Scarlet Spider suit. Mm. It's a, that's a, an homage to the Scarlet Spider oh, suit. Cool. Y- you you have some, some legitimate gripes there. It wasn't. You're too, not going to be the only one. No, you're gripes. not. No. It, it wasn't too cohesive, but I, I really think that Disney got it right they just basically said look we're not gonna reboot reboot we're not gonna go ahead and retell the origin you've there's already been five movies yeah we know what we're doing this is marvel this is spider-man and here you go yeah and and the special effects you know i would imagine that spider-man might have to be the hardest character to do cgi he's very fluid well, he's a lot fluid of to do. he's yeah. swinging constantly mm-hmm. he's jumping and hitting the ground constantly yeah and then todd mcfarlane ruined basically ruined it for uh cgi because the way he drew all that stuff is based on his run mm. on spider-man and the swinging and the very explaining. big swoops yeah the swoops and just his body positioning of just you know full flexibility and just mm-hmm. all that stuff yeah it makes it tough and and if i'm not mistaken man and i think I saw this and I read this somewhere that they went with Lucasfilm and ILM to do the special effects on this one. Going back to what I was saying about the whole contract thing, you are right because in the contract, Disney, Disney does everything. Every, they, they, they produce, or no, they, uh, they make the movie, they pick the cast, they pick the director, they pick all the creative stuff and Sony pays for the movie and the distribution. So Sony had nothing to do. They might have done a couple of things, but the big chunk of the movie was Disney and ILM. Yes. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll look into that because I think you said that Sony might have been part of the the special effects. So maybe maybe they did a joint venture. Could yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, I don't they, know. They might have done a but portion. I'll, I'll but I'll definitely look into that. Yes, but uh, it sucks that you didn't feel the same kind of excitement yeah. that we did. Maybe it maybe it's just, maybe it's a movie that you have to see twice for you. I, yeah. Who knows? Or who maybe knows? you just didn't you didn't like it, which is completely hundred percent fine. Yeah, there's tons of movies that. Everybody seemed to like that. I didn't like mm-hmm. Moonlight. 
was it Fargo? Fargo won an Academy Award, and I, I, I fucking I, love Fargo, dude. The movie? Yeah. See what you did, man. In fucking see what you started, man. These Fargo's a great fight. movie. But does it win an Academy Award? Well, I don't remember. Uh, best Picture? Well, I don't remember what it's up for. I mean, who was up for Best Picture? Then? But, but, but do you think it, it just off of it what was you saw? innovative and the style was different. Nobody was doing that kind of stuff. Uh, so no, maybe. I don't, I don't know if it should have won. It, it's a decent movie, but I don't know if it should have won an Oscar for Uh-oh. Best Picture. Okay. <laughs> Hate mail. Please be directed to Carlos Borguello. Yeah. That's right. Sickless so, Boo. Man, and thank you so much. For the keep keep the voicemails coming. Yes, we, we we love them. There you have it, guys. Our Spider-Man Homecoming spoiler review. Right after our actual review, stay to the end. Stay, stay to all the very end. That's the this way is why Marvel does it right. End. The very last scene oh. was so awesome and amazing. After the end, the total it credits is, are done. It is very good. It is very good. I liked it, but, but you want something with the storyline. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is this is a continuing I, trend. No, and I loved to annoy it. Me I loved it because <laughs> this is starting to annoy me because it is. Yeah, this is another spoiler because it is. It does not progress anything. Well, no. it, they give you bugs two the shit out of me. And they do give you. No, two. they give you two post credit scenes. But to the 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 grand scheme of things, <sighs> we need we need more. He I need. He should have said no, something. Like a wink, wink. Yes. But it's uh, just like the end of the Avengers where there's a post-credit scene with shawarma. Thanos and then you stick around all of a sudden and they're just eating shawarma. Yes. And you're like, ah, whatever. That was no, cool. Yeah, no, that's fine. But, but, but there's the scene with Thanos. There's nothing of, there's well, nothing. There, no, no there that's was, the, it was with, it was with uh, the Scorpion that's and Vulture. Enough. That's not enough. That's not enough. No, that's no, 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 no. I'm talking in the grand scale. I'm talking we're towards Avengers. Towards, you want something with the Avengers towards pushing towards Infinity War? Yeah. Uh, well, they, I, see, I, see I, that, I, that, I that progresses. That, that progresses Spider-Man. That's yeah. great. Yeah, but this I is, need more. Yeah, I thought this that they were going to do Avengers. Thing, so. I thought there was going to be some Avengers shenanigans. Yeah, uh, I did. I think they did it at the beginning, but that's that's just us chit chatting now. Yeah, that's it. There is your Spidey Homecoming review. Now we have some DC stuff. It's a little bit of DC stuff. Okay. Will Batman will will Matt Reeves' Batman lead into a trilogy? Cinema, Cinema Blends Adam Holmes had an article up this week. <laughs> uh, during a press conference for War of the Planet of the Apes, Matt Reeves sat down with Fandango, and of course the jibber jabber led into the next his next project, which is the Batman. They asked him if he had any plans to make more than just one, and here's what he had to say. I have ideas about an arc. But really, the important thing is just to start. You have to start with one. Thank you for that, Matt. Yeah, really. <laughs> you know you have to start with a story that begins something. And I would be lying if I could tell you that the arc of apes was already planned out because it simply wasn't. It's one of those things that where the character was so potent and the possibility was so embedded from the beginning. But exactly how you're going to get from A to Z is not something that existed. In fact, when I came in on Dawn, the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the story that I wanted to tell was a different one from the story that had even was presented to me. And so there's these broad ideas, and I think that sort of came to mind as Rise was created, of how the story could be told, but they weren't explicitly laid out. And when Mark and I began Dawn, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, we knew what our goals were, but we didn't know what was come out of him. And I would say that more relates to the way that I see a Batman story is a kind of ambition of a series of stories. But really, the most important thing is going to be tell the vital first story. He's pretty much saying that he would love to probably do a trilogy, but they want to get the first one right, which is fantastic. Well, that's that's a good stepping point. That is a good stepping point. I think it's good that they don't say anything yet because, you know, going back to what he said about a good first step, that's important for DC right now. So I think if they don't say anything, 
they don't say anything and they just make a solid movie and then people are and then then they say later we're gonna make this into a trilogy i think people will be more excited for that after they find out yeah after the movie comes out and they find mm-hmm. out trilogy time great than beforehand right because beforehand they'd be like oh shit they already have something planned what if what if the first one sucks and then they're gonna have two more that suck yeah what I, if what if uh affleck wants to leave too true very good point you know I mean? yeah Okay, let's get into some Star Wars news. There's these crazy little two, three-minute shorts called Star Wars Forces of Destiny. Mm -hmm. Highlights all the great female characters. Also has other characters that are in the Star Wars universe. And they are pretty cool. BB-8, hang on. Turns out you're quite a popular droid. How did I find you? I'm just lucky, I guess. Who threw that? I suggest you pick on someone your own size. The data tape of Imperial base locations. Thank you, Senator. I mean, Princess. I mean, Leia. Stormtroopers. The choices we make. The actions we take. Shape us into forces of destiny. If you're a Star Wars fan, you will dig them. They're done in 2D animation. They are interesting and they're kind of fillers into areas that we don't know what happens Mm -hmm. in the movies. And we talked about this on Blue Harvest. So if you want like a detailed rundown of every episode that was out, we do that on Blue Harvest, this last episode of Blue Harvest. And we talk about... If we liked it, how it was. Each episode. Each yeah. episode. So definitely listen to the Blue Harvest for that. We all loved them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm not There's mistaken. Some that were kind of a little cheesy, but yeah, other yeah. than that, we loved if them. If I'm not mistaken, I think the, the latest one dropped today. Okay, great. Okay. So there should be six of them six, now. Yeah. yeah. And they're dropping them, I think, once a day until yeah. what I did is I waited for four of them or five of them to come out and then I watched them all together. Mm. That's up to you. So that is your Star Wars news. Yep. We're going to end the show. This has been a very Spider-Man driven show, <laughs> but, and for good reason, for, for great reasons. Yeah. We are going to do our last two emails. We have one from Richie from Boston and one from our boy Ollie from New York. And we will uh, end the episode after that. So let's listen to Richie from Boston. What's up, Sith Heads? This is your buddy, Richie. Really quick question um, about some Star Wars stuff. Because I I know you guys are big into filmmaking and directors and sound design and stuff like that. So I figured, you know, what better group of people to ask than my favorite geek podcast out there. So, Star Wars. Something that kind of bothers me is a little piece of sound design, and this is really, really nitpicky, but there's a shot in the beginning of The Force Awakens where Poe and Finn are trying to get away, and you hear these cannons go off, and I remember seeing The Force Awakens for the first time and thinking, that's a new fucking sound 
for a style of canon in Star Wars, and that's really cool. So then I get to Rogue One, and I hear the same sound effect for a different style canon in the battle scene at the end, and I'm like, it just, for that brief moment, takes me out of the movie. And it's, I know it's so fucking nitpicky, but whenever I hear that sound and I see that cannon go off in Rogue One, I'm like, that's the same as the fucking First Order cannon we heard in the beginning of The Force Awakens. You guys have any thoughts on that? Or am I just being too nitpicky and too douchey about this? I mean, this, I don't know. I, I expected if we're going to get original trilogy era stuff from Disney's, from, from the Disney era of Star Wars, that at least they'd try to recycle some more original trilogy sound. Like, why are we hearing this sound in this movie? Interested to hear what you guys think. All right, take care. Richie. Thank you so much for that voicemail. Mm-hmm. As always, Richie. I hope your Red Sox are doing well. Not really, because yeah. I don't like the Red Sox, but, <laughs> but just for you, I hope they're doing well. Okay, Richie, so you exemplify what I love about Star Wars fans. Only a fucking Star Wars fan, fanatic, would listen for canon sounds mm-hmm. and know that it was placed in a different era of film. <laughs> that is fucking amazing. I haven't picked up on that. I'm ashamed that I haven't picked up on that, yeah, but good you for be. you for fucking picking up on that. What I love about Star Wars is how the original trilogy, the sounds they use, the lion's roar, mm-hmm. the slapping of a wire, things that have become iconic noises from the most simplest things. Maybe, you know, if we want to, I mean, I, I see, I see your nitpicking and, and I'm not as nitpicky as you, but maybe, you know, we haven't heard all the sounds out there. You know, they're thinking maybe mm-hmm. we can replicate it because, you know, it's possible that that cannon still is alive and doing well in 30 years, 40 years later. Yeah. I completely see what you're saying because if you're really a big fan and you're into it and you're watching it, it can take you mm-hmm. to somewhere else. And you don't want to be taken somewhere else when you're concentrating and watching a film. So I totally understand it. Totally get it. But thank you for that voicemail. You are awesome. And you are awesome because you are a dedicated Star Wars fan mm-hmm. knowing shit like that. Yeah, I would have never, I never caught that. I'm a fucking Star Wars fan and I haven't yeah, caught you this. Are. So I'm going to go back now and listen to it, Richie. So I appreciate it. Well, one thing to agree with Richie that there there's been slight tweaks to the lightsaber noises when they when they turn on when they've uh, when they hit each other when they hit different objects you don't notice them but you know you, you know it happens it doesn't i don't think it takes you out of it i don't see it as that much of a of a problem but you know they change things they pop things in you know one sound sounds better this way or something like that mm-hmm. so you know what it, you know i i, I think it I think it's fine, you know, as long as it's not a drastic change, as long as they don't try and change, you know, the Wilhelm scream or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, some shit like that. But yeah, you know, don't fuck the Wilhelm don't, scream. Don't up. do that. Yeah, that's that will go down in history as one of the best things ever created. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I don't think it takes you out of it. It's good ears, Richie. Yeah, man. Good fucking ears. Yeah. Thank you for that. So now we're gonna get into a little Ollie action. Our boy Ollie voicemail for this week. Let's listen to Ollie. What's happening, Sith heads? It's your boy, Ollie, dropping you a line on the weeks before Game of Thrones. And I'm sure I'll be talking to you a lot more then. But, you know, I'm going to put that on the back burner for a little bit and talk a little Netflix with you guys. 
Loved your uh, last episode with Dom. Oh, sorry. I can't call him Dom. I don't know him. Apparently only, uh, you know, uh, with Dominic. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing that Les said, he was talking about his favorite shows and he mentioned Orange is the New Black. And I got to be honest, this season started off just god-awful. I, I, I have to admit, I, I just hated this season. Last season was utter shit. Up until the finale. I'll give them this much. The finale was perfect. They did a good job with the show. Now, does that save an entire season? No. I think most of the stories were very uninteresting. It was very formulaic. I almost knew every single thing that was going to happen in that show before it happened. They telegraphed their moves too much. It just really was not a good season. And um, I think that's part of Genji Cohen's problem. Man, she she starts shows, like, series off with a bang, like, in, in a concept. Like, like, Weeds. I loved Weeds. Weeds, when it started, was just an amazing concept. Slightly before Breaking Bad happened. Um, you know, so the, the idea of that show was a good idea. But then as the seasons went on, it just got worse and worse. Like, the stories just got worse. Like, to the point where the finale of that show is right up there with the Dexter finale for complete and utter garbage. I mean, it was just terrible. So, uh, I, I, I will give less this much. The show is good. This season was eh. So-so was definitely saved by, you know, by the season finale. But, I mean, how many times do we complain about shows like Rebels that have a good season opener and season finale and everything in the middle is just nonsense? Um, so, that's all I wanted to touch on for uh, Netflix. The real topic that I wanted to go on with you, and I'll try to make it quick because I know I tend to be long-winded, but you guys don't mind because you're my boys, um, is about Star Wars and Star Wars fandom in general. And I think sometimes, and, and what made me think about this is having Dom, Dominic on, is sometimes we're always looking through or looking at Star Wars through the prism of our Star Wars fandom, and we kind of forget what it's like for passing casual people to watch the movies and to analyze different things. Like somebody who could watch the movies and not know what Corellia is, or have no idea what kind of ship the Millennium Falcon is. Or not know what, you know, what different species are. They just know, like, oh, there's the hammerhead-looking guy from A New Hope. Or, hell, some of them might not even know the actual titles of the movies. They just know it's Star Wars Episode 3 or Star Wars Episode 4. And, and sometimes we kind of get locked into the minutia and, oh, is it fan service to, you know, to see a cameo of this character or is it... And one of the things I love to do is talk to people who've never seen Star Wars after they see one of the uh, movies that we come to love and get their real-time reaction to it. And, and, and I think we lost a lot of that in, in being so ingrained and so, like, obsessed to a certain extent with these movies is that we, we really, really focus on, like, the hyper minutia. And, and, and you know what? I think it's actually started to take away from some of our enjoyment, the magic of the movies. So, I don't know. I just wanted you guys to kind of, you know, spitball again about my ridiculous uh, topic. And, uh, I don't know. Have a good day, guys. Have a good one. 
Thank you, Ollie, for that amazing voicemail again and again and again every week. That's why you're our boy. <laughs> yes, right. Our boy, Ollie. Now, I'm, I'm going to throw... Boo. You're my boy, Boo. Boo. You're my boy, Boo. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to throw the oranges and new black to less in just five seconds, but I want to let you know that I liked the first season, thought the second season sucked. I'm into the third season right now. It has a good storyline, but they're doing stupid shit in each episode to ruin each story that they're trying to uh, portray and, and try to tell. Right. So not into it. So go ahead, Les. Yeah, you have a point. For me, the reason it, it's still just a good show. It is my favorite show. I like watching it. Jinji Kohan, though, it just does lose momentum. And for me, that's part of the appeal to see the ridiculousness, to see like, OK, now we're going to do a prison riot. And this is what we're going to do during the prison riot. And it's like, okay, calm down. Now, I will say I loved watching Weeds for the first two seasons. It was great. It was great. It was amazing. Then all of a sudden, she starts ending up in Mexico and just doing all this. other. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. Uh, but watching Orange is the New Black, I've come to appreciate that part of Genji Kohan and just saying, okay, going to go ahead and roll with this. So that's that's the only thing for me. Yeah, it can get wacky. There were some there are some things happening where you go, all right, this doesn't really really do they really need to do this. But I think that's with every show. But it's still good. Still awesome for me. There you go. There's your orange is new black. Mm -hmm. Uh, And speaking, your voicemail came at a perfect time. We just talked about Richie's voicemail and how he literally could hear different type of cannons. And, and it took him out of it. And yeah. took him out of it. That's what we do as Star Wars fans. And, and, and you're right. I think it does take away sometimes the full enjoyment of watching a Star Wars film because we're always analyzing the film while we're watching it. That's why we have to go see it 25 times because we want to make sure we catch every single fan service little item or what somebody's carrying or stickers that are on briefcases or whatever it is, you know, space cases or whatever they call them. Space cases. So... Yeah, that, you're absolutely right. Sometimes it does take away. And I'm always jealous of somebody watching Star Wars for the first time because they get to feel what we felt back then. Hopefully. We'll never, ever get to replicate that first feeling. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> we'll never get to, you know, replicate that. That's why I love taking Lorena to these things just to see what she thinks about this stuff. Just like Spider-Man this week. She loved it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. And I we saw Rogue One. And she liked Rogue One. She loved Force Awakens. So I love getting her perspective because she is not divested as much as we all are. And yeah, sometimes I wish I could just step out of my body and be just a regular person watching a Star Wars film. But uh, those days are gone, my friend. Oh, yeah. Those days are long gone. Yeah. So great, great voicemail. What do you mm-hmm. think, Boo? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I was going to bring up the point of you know having Lerner there or having somebody who who isn't as huge of a fan. It's nice because you can ask them immediately after, did you like it? And you see their reaction and they're like, you know, and, and that's all they have is, yeah, yeah, I liked it. It was enjoyable. It was funny. And they're great. While you're in your head thinking, holy shit, what is this guy doing? What does that mean? What does this mean? Exactly. But you but you take away from How that. How come they didn't have that? Wait a exactly. minute. That's missing. What's but, going on? Yeah. But the second you look at that person and, you know, the person you you were with and they and you ask, did did you like it? They're like, yeah, it was great. It was funny. You're like, all right, cool. Great. Yeah, exactly. it, it gives you a sense of, Yeah. And then it takes you away from what you're thinking in your head of breaking this down and what does this mean and how is this going to progress and all that. While right. they're in their head, they're like, yeah, I had a good time. I was, I was entertained. It was great. No, yeah. And then 
Raj made the, you're all, it's, it's way too late now and you can't help yourself. <laughs> no. As a fan who's watched tons and tons of it and over and over and you get every little thing and you're right, the minutia, you can't even help yourself anymore. And it's, it's happening in everything. So like myself, when I'm watching a Marvel movie oh, or a comic yeah. movie, I'm sitting there and I'm going, what the fuck? I can't help myself. It starts getting my hair standing up. Ali, he was the worst back in the day to go see a film with. Maybe Especially that, in a comic book movie. Maybe that's why he needs candy now. Because that kind of like stifles him and it gives him, gives him the chew on. So maybe as the crunch, crunch. As long as he doesn't crunch, fucking crunch, crunch during hey. the film. <laughs> you know, it, would, 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 he should suck, suck on a Jolly Rancher. Would you rather have him do that or be like, God, God damn suck, it, that's wrong. Gonzalez, not uh, crunch, 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 crunch. Yes, that's not going to work. That was his name in high school. That's oh, not going to work. Oh, suck, oh. suck, Gonzalez. <laughs> that doesn't even flow right. That's what she said. Oh, Oh, damn. Like, that's, that's what was that's happening. Mean. Uh, <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> all right. But yeah, it, 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 it's all, it's just at the end of the day, now you won't be able to help yourself. You will say, and I'm sure plenty of people have done this. I'm just going in. I'm going to watch this. This is going to be, I'm going to have fun. I'm not going to nitpick. And 30 minutes in, Instantly, all of a sudden yeah. you're like, well, they kind of didn't do this or someone else will walk by at the end of the day. And, and you know, you may be able to be okay with it and then someone you'll overhear someone else's conversation and they'll say something and you go you know what that's right and it's like uh yeah it's just it's already it's too late it's definitely too late for a lot of you star wars fans for sure no it is it's, but it's yeah but we have the best fandom in the world oh no absolutely. you do yeah but dedicated mm-hmm we listen to fucking cannons and different noises of cannons. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, but you don't want to turn into the, like, the, the trekkers out there that, you know, go, well, episode of, on episode Stardate, 32 blah, of blah, blah, TOS, blah. and then it's uh, like, what? First of all, I, but there's the, nothing the wrong with the, those the guys. The views of the podcast hosts do not reflect all the views of all the podcast <laughs> No. <laughs> so please refer your Star Trek hate mail towards less crunch. I love crunch Star Trek. Or suck, suck Gonzalez. No. <laughs> I love Star Trek for the record. I really do. I love it all. But I think I'm the only person who has been naive enough. I don't want to say oblivious. But you were egged by Trekkers. Bro. I was. You were egged at a Star and, you know, Wars And line. I tried to yell at them. Hey, man, I'm one of y'all. What's going on here? But it didn't happen. I they caught one right in the chest. Yeah. So <laughs> Was it was it like Platoon where you did it all slow-mo? Were you just getting shot? my hands up in the air? No. Really just drop to your knees I, and yeah. me, me being from the hood, I kind of knew it was going to happen because the lights went down on the car as they pulled around, and I'm like, "Oh shit, everybody duck!" No, I got real real quick. Yeah, I, I wasn't a duck. No, yeah, there was a, there, yeah. seen a boys in the hood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, like, yeah. One guy, one guy back, stood yeah. up on the outside of the thing, Maurice, and he was like, Maurice "Chestnut yeah. is running like." Yeah. Like Walter Payton. And then boom. And it was like a rock. And then his chest comes out. You're you like, oh my God. Head. You got no. eggs by Trekkie. <laughs> no. No, they don't even want to be called Trekkies anymore, right? No, they're Trekkers. Trekkers, right. Trekkers. I apologize. Do you want to get egged again? Nope. Do you? Apologize. Do you? Apologies. We're all geeks. We're all just into this whole thing. We, we yeah. We, yeah, it's we all are. the same. And you know what? Every single person has their hang up. So it, it just is what it is. It is what it is. But Ollie, thank you so much for that voicemail. Mm-hmm. Just like everybody else, King Tom, Richie, and our new friend, Manon, mm-hmm. for sending us a voicemail. We really, really appreciate it. And everybody listening, we really, really appreciate you. And thank you for wanting to listen to us. And thank you for supporting us. You guys are the best ever. Mm-hmm. And let us know what you think about Spider-Man. We could be fucking completely wrong. 
which that has happened and we're multiple not times. Averse to that, yeah. Yes. So let us know if you thought it was one of the best Marvel movies, or if you thought it sucked ass. Please <laughs> let us know. And we are going to end it with that. Yeah. Everybody, all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wait, I do want to say. Last episode, I, I mixed up my Transformers, even though we're not supposed to talk about Additions them again. And retractions, mm-hmm. but it wasn't Hound. It's Ironhide. Ironhide. I have Ironhide no idea what the fuck you're talking about right now. Ass. I know Ironhide. I don't know what part of the Well, they're both bad. I like Hound better. Than- Ironhide was cool, but Hound... I don't even think Hound's in the movies anymore. Ironhide is played by... Ironhide is John Goodman. John Goodman. He's the gun-toting badass. No, no, no. Ironhide... I thought we wait talked a minute. about Ironhide. not talking Ironhide. about wait a fucking Ironhide Transformers Ironhide. anymore on this show. Wait a minute. Ironhide is the truck from the first... Three. Uh, yeah, he's a big truck with the fucking yes. all the grenades and everything. Yes, that's Iron. Right I called now, him Hound. I've had enough. Hound is supposed to be the tracker. Oh, okay. I was about to say. Wait a minute. So what? sorry. Yeah, I don't know the rules. But I tried to correct myself, yeah. and this is what happens. Damn Transformers. No, the Transformers. We're not. No, we're not done because I'd, I've been I've been holding myself <laughs> back and stifling myself. Aunt May was great. Oh my god. What was great? Aunt May. Oh, Aunt oh, May. Oh, my God. I thought, okay, yeah, that's God. fine. You, I'd rather have you talk about Aunt May than Transformers. Transformers. <laughs> oh, my God. I was just like, yeah. Emily Lynn, where are you at, Emily? Lindo, where are you at? When you- mm, I need to be reined in because, man, she was hot. Yeah. And I, and I, All right, we're done. See you later oh, on the Sith list. Bye. Son of a bitch. She, she was hot. She's a little older for you, buddy. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. She doesn't look it, so she's yeah. we're good. We're good. She can be my sugar mama. That's oh, I tried to end the show early. Yeah, we're going to end it right Whatever there. she wants, yeah. Mm-hmm. Carlos is going to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I need a cold okay, shower. Okay, well, we'll see you on episode <laughs> number 49 of The Sit List. <laughs> <laughs>